Welcome, you're now listening to From the Shed End episode 113 with myself Theo as always. Theo, how you doing? All good, yeah. Final day of my current job. Um, mix of emotions, sadness, excitement for the next job and next chapter. Um, enjoyed a little weekend getaway in Lisbon, a sunny weekend getaway in Lisbon last weekend, which was much needed during a kind of gloomy January. Um, it made me kind of question, why do I live in the UK when you have all this cheap beer, sunshine, good vibes elsewhere in these Mediterranean countries? Um, but yeah, back in London now. Um, Got the wet the game that happened on Wednesday. We're going to talk about, but I'm going to say I'm looking forward to Sunday and uh, Chelsea Wolves. But yeah, all good. How are you doing? Yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. Um, slowly, slowly calming down from um, from yeah the game Wednesday. It was just like I said, we're going to get into it. But yeah, good. Um, yeah, just just good. Just, obviously, not living not not living as good as you. Um, 20 degree heat I think you said in a week wasn't it with the beers going so uh, can't can't complain with that one really yeah no Lisbon was good um sunshine good good beer and good uh good good company as well but um but yeah we're going to talk about Wednesday's game that was a bit of a shambles I'm sure um like you're slowly calming down from it but it's one of those games I think it was a few of them this season maybe Everton won the the United one as well, where it really kind of angered me and got me to the point mm. of screaming at the TV. Um, we might as well talk about it now. Um, before we do that, actually make sure you follow us on all our socials, um, Twitter, Instagram. Um, there'll be a lot of match day content from the Chelsea Wolves game on our Instagram on Sunday. Um, but yeah, Wednesday, Anfield, it's 8.15 kickoff. I think it's a mix of things, if I'm honest. It's 50% we were awful. We were woeful. We were struggling to link our midfield to our strikers. Our defenders on the day looked like headless chickens. Mm. They, they, I mean, Badger Shield, forget Monaco, Chelsea, French national team. He looked like he couldn't even get into the Newport or, mm. or, or Sutton United team that day. He looked completely lost. Um, I mean, my, I'm hoping for him. It's just an off day, but that's been three games in a row now. Um, Wolves one where he made a mistake, which led to the Doherty goal. The Newcastle League Cup game, where his uh, mistake led to the Wilson goal, um, and then yesterday on, on Wednesday was just a calamity of, of mistakes from from him. Um, and then it's also a combination, I felt, of what was just a recurring theme this season: just referee decisions, mm. um, VAR being a shambles as well. Especially after what we saw yesterday during the Wolves United game and the Pedro Neto penalty. Um, if that's given as a penalty. And then VAR looks at it and confirms it's a penalty. Why on earth is the ref not giving a penalty? Not only for the Gallagher one in the first 20 minutes or so, but mm. the blatant one on Nkuku when Van Dyke just swipes at his foot. Mm. It's in front of the ref's eyes and it's more clear and obvious than when Badger Shield fouled, um, was it Nunez or Jota, I think, for the for the Liverpool penalty. Yeah, Jota. Um, Jota. It's, it's baffling. But yeah, I, I think... I'm trying to find some excuses. They are valid excuses, I feel, the referee calls and the VR decisions because we could go 1-0 up. We could also bring it back to 3-2 with about, I think, 15 or 20 minutes to go. And then there's, it's a game. that We've got a game on our hands. Mm. Um, but it's also us just looking second best in all areas of the pitch, um, being really, really poor. Um, Liverpool scored four. It could have easily been five, six, seven. Um, 
Nunez obviously missing his penalty, hitting the woodwork. I think another three times at kind of um, from 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 outfield positions. But yeah, no, just a shocking game, and it really frustrated me the fact it's against Liverpool. The fact we've got to play them again on the twenty fifth of December um, of February at Wembley in the League Cup final, and you've got a feeling it's going to be kind of a similar story then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, it was. <clears throat> I think when I saw that that the lineup almost made me realise we weren't going to win the game. I think when you see Amanda Breyer on the bench, Christopher and Kuku on the bench, and you start with Cole Palmer, who has arguably been our best player this season. Um, when you start with with that as your front line, with um, Nani Madweke and Raheem Sterling as your wide players, um, it just didn't fill me with joy going into that game. And we've been, you know, this has been a recurring thing all season for us. We've not really been playing well. We've, you know, we've had opportunities to, to outplay games or, you know, to see games out or to, to play just a bit better. We've got the players that we think we can do that with, but we just never seem to do it. And against someone like Liverpool, even without, you know, Andy Robertson, without Trent Alexander-Arnold, without Mo Salah in that team, we still looked really poor, like really, really poor. Um, you know, we have to credit how, how Klopp set that team up. Um, you know, Connor Bradley, I thought was really good for Liverpool down, down that right side. And he actually gave Ben Chilwell more problems than I expected and anticipated that he would actually have, um, you know, obviously coming back from a massive injury, um, you know, he's, he's missed a lot of minutes, but still to be that poor against someone that you should have the experience to be able to deal with um, as a defender just was poor for me. Um it was just, it was, I mean, and I get the, I get the point about the penalties a hundred percent. I think the penalties were, were penalties a thousand percent, but even with those penalties, I mean, we're not the sort of team that we, even if we scored that first one, I mean, Conor Gallagher was definitely fouled by Virgil van Dijk, but if we score that penalty, there's no guarantee we still win that game because we're not the sort of team to be able to go on and score two or three afterwards or, you know, see the game out one nil. We, we potentially would have collapsed anyway, um, even with that goal going in. So, um, VAR officials have got to do much more and, and the referees on the pitch got to do much more but we also have to do a lot better as a team and, and I think that's the harsh reality that we have as Chelsea fans and, and the club now is that we're just not we're not as good as we think we are even though we've spent the money and we've got what we deem as a very good manager and very good players but we're just not actually there so I, I, I don't know I, I wanted to ask you do, do you feel that had we gone on and got those goals or we got the penalty and we scored it, we converted the penalty, do you think we would have then gone on to potentially win that game, um, you know, beyond that as well? Winning, I'm not sure, but what I will tell you is that it would have changed the dynamic of the game. You go 1-0 up at Anfield in the first half, in the first 20, 25 minutes. Of course, there's still a penalty to take, whether we score or not, that's another situation. But I think it changes the dynamic of the game. Mm. Um Pochettino would have changed his tactics at halftime, perhaps. Pochettino would have maybe changed his tactics in the second half, of the first half. Um, and also, had we gotten that second penalty it, and we would have scored it, it would have made it 3-2. And we yeah. just scored from Nkuku and we would have maybe gained a bit more m- momentum. Yeah. Um, and with going you know, 3-2, you just need one more goal. Um, and it looked like we were kind of creating something, especially when Chukunweka and Nkuku came on. They were the two lively players on the pitch, I felt, and they need to start against Wolves. So I don't think we could have won. I'm not sure if we could have won, but it would definitely made it a more interesting game. I could maybe think, could maybe snatch the point at most. Um, 
but like you said, the VAR officials, the, ref, the officials on the pitch, they've got to do better. I think the fans don't know what's a penalty, what's not a penalty anymore. The referees don't seem to know what's a penalty, not a penalty anymore. Um, they rely too much on the technology when they don't really want to make the decisions themselves. Um, the players probably don't even know anymore what's a handball, what's a penalty, what kind of what classes of contacts, not contact. Um, so there's a lot more clarification that needs to be done um, and in the summer or right now to kind of make fans realise, the football committee realise, um, give more clear guidance as well. And yeah, because it just can't carry on like this. It's just the inconsistency in the game. It's just shocking. You see those two decisions that went against Chelsea with the two penalties. And then you see the Pedro Neto one with Wolves, which I still struggle to see where the contact was. Mm, and yeah. it's the, using a word of clear and obvious. What 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 is deemed clear and obvious nowadays? Yeah. Um, it's yeah, but I think it could have made the game more interesting had we scored those two penalties. Um, I mean, three goals away to Anfield is always um, you've got to be quite good to score three in the first place. Of course, um, we've done it before. I think in um, is it twenty summer twenty twenty when we lost five three. Yeah, in that crazy game. Um, but yeah, I still think we didn't deserve to lose regardless of the penalty decisions. Uh, I think I'm, I, I mean, I think we we are complete shambles, and I think. I think we did this. I think we did deserve to lose. I think we we showed no crazy. I think we had one shot in that first half. Um, I I, I think I think I lost count about the amount of Liverpool shots. It probably was at least thirty, maybe just under thirty shots in the game. Um, but we don't offer anything. You look at other teams. You know, you look at how their midfield are able to cope and interchange, and you look at the strikers that other teams have or their attackers, and you just think everything clicks for other teams and I'm not talking, you know, City, Liverpool, I'm talking, you know, other teams like, for instance, Luton the other day, I'm not, this is a really probably a bad example, but you see the way that Luton are playing at the moment, they're down at the very bottom, you know, they're struggling for points, but even against someone like Brighton, they still put up a good fight and they still go out there and they still, you know, get their home advantage and they, they do what they need to do to get three points. We didn't get that penalty and our heads dropped. It was so, it was so strange to see the amount of, lack of effort from Raheem Sterling who let's not forget he's on 325 grand a week you know he's meant to be the one that's leading this team can't keep hold of the ball you look at someone like Enzo who and Caicedo who both have come in on big money they don't really look like they're going to be able to do anything Noni Madweki no final product for me I think I said this you know last last year as well he doesn't really have the final product or the final pass into the box Cole Palmer was isolated Playing him as a false nine didn't work. Um, taking off Chilwell, who I still don't know if it's an injury as to why he came off or just a tactical thing, but to bring him off, to put Paddy Ashili in, in left back was criminal. I mean, I, I personally would have preferred to see Malo Gusto, who did come on at halftime and play left back because it just, it just, I mean, the goal, I think it was um, Diaz's goal. I think it's Diaz mm. where he's, he plays him on side. He then doesn't make up for the error and still manage. He's the wrong side of Diaz anyway, I think if I remember correctly. So I, I just don't get it as, as a team, how we can be this bad. I mean, I do get it because I've been watching us for the last two years, but we are poor. And I, as I said before, this is a very harsh reality, reality for a lot of Chelsea fans who, especially the, you know, like yourself, you know, you, you're down at Stamford Bridge, every given chance that you get, um, you know, fans that travel abroad or travel to away grounds as well, you know, 
hard-earned cash, time, effort, resource going into all this traveling to watch that is just, it's my, it's actually mind-boggling for me. I, I, I just don't get it. But um, Petrovic, let's try and get some positives out of it because we, we, we talk about goalkeepers a lot on here, but Petrovic was actually, for me, um, I mean, you know, he kept the scoreline down as much as he did. It could have been easily, you know, 6-1 six, six, or whatever by full time. But how impressed are we say are we are you and me I suppose yeah with with Petrovic and how he's stepped into that role while Sanchez has been injured yeah I'm still I still think it's very early to kind of give a full opinion on Petrovic I'd like to give him a season um as kind of maybe seeing him as the first choice goalkeeper should he dismantle um Sanchez and take the number one jersey um but what I've seen from him so far he looks confident he's coming with not many expectations from the MLS I think he was told he'd be second choice to Sanchez but he's done a very good job, um, not just the performance at Anfield where it could have been a lot more if it wasn't for his saves, but also against Villa. I think he was the man of the match against Villa on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Um, pulled off some big, big saves and he's been um, really kind of fantastic. He's arguably got us that, um, the League Cup um, the League Cup final with that as a penalty heroics against Newcastle. Um, so yeah, I've been really impressed by him. I just still want him to kind of stay level-headed and just keep on doing what he's doing. Because we, we have to remember, we saw Kepler had a fantastic first season, win us the Europa League, and then it kind of went slightly downhill mm. from there, or more than slightly, especially in his second season under Lampard. Yeah. So yeah, he just needs to stay, let's say, level-headed and just continue doing what he's doing. Um, and also, um, Serbia Euros 2024 this summer in Germany. Yeah, um, He's going to be wanting to be the first choice. I'm not really sure where he kind of sits in the international team in terms of the, the setup and if he's the first choice, second choice, or even if he's in the mix. Um, in the goalkeepers, but he'll be wanting to go to Germany and represent Serbia. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, Serbia are in the same group as England as well. Um, so yeah, it will be interesting, but I do really hope he's on that plane to Germany and he deserves it as, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, he's impressed me a lot. He's definitely impressed me. I, I look at some of those those saves, especially, you know, um, I think it was either Nunes or Diaz. I can't remember now, but one of them had a, a chance that was sort of parried over to the post and it was a really good save from Petrovic. Um, I agree with you. It is still early days, but there are a lot of positives to take from the performances that we've got to see from him. You're very, you know, spot on with Kepa. Um, also Mendy, you got to remember when Mendy first came, mm. we were, you know, we were singing him his praises and saying he's world-class, which he potentially could be. Um, but, you know, he, he definitely had a massive dip in form, especially after the African Cup of Nations. If you remember, he came back and he wasn't the same Mendy that we thought he was going to be. So it is still early days, but I think, you know, as I said, it could have easily been, you know, a larger scoreline um, for, for Liverpool Wednesday because we were just that bad defensively. Um, I mean, it's harsh because, you know, people will, pick out, you know, Thiago Silva. They will, they, they'll pick out particular players and it is harsh on Thiago Silva. For me, one of the players that shouldn't even be in, I've said this for nearly two years now, or just under under two years, he should not be a first choice in this team at all, you know. And there is a question, I mean, we'll get on to, um, you know, transfers later on, but, you know, two questions I've got for you, you know, you look at the defenders that we have available to us and one of the things that I, I look at Maurizio Pochettino and he doesn't really do or hasn't done at his time under Chelsea is change things when it when it's needed. And I think you could argue, you know, Wolves, Gary O'Neill is probably sat there with his feet up on his desk now because he also automatically knows possibly our lineup, our tactical approach to the game on on, um, on Sunday. He probably knows all that because of it, we don't change anything. Is this now a time where we start thinking about maybe playing now Chilwell's back in the fold if he's not injured? Um, 
a change of formation, maybe go back to three centre-backs? Do we instruct Trevor Chalobah back into this team seeing as he's not obviously left in the, in the winter window? There's so many options for Potticino to, to maybe change something. Um, the reason I say all of that, I think there was a game, very historic game against Arsenal, I think it was Antonio Conte changed the formation. We went to this, this new formation and it worked for us then. Do we need to do something very similar to do that in terms of maybe trying to salvage the season? I think you've got to be a bit creative, innovative. Um, we've tested things out. Don't get me wrong, though, before this game against um, Liverpool, we did go on quite an impressive run of wins. And I think we're 10 games unbeaten at Stamford Bridge. So it's not all doom and gloom. Um, and we are getting a lot of players back from injuries, Shukumweka and Nkuku, who I think need to feature in the starting 11 from the the first whistle against the Wolves. Um, but then there's other, th- Chiloba is another one, I think. Mm. It's time to reintroduce him into the fold. Badgeshil, Disassi, even Colwell at times just haven't really impressed as, as they should. Um, so maybe a chance for Chiloba to get involved again now that he's supposedly back in first team training. He's not on his holidays in California yeah. or whatever it is where we kind of thought, okay, this is just a made up injury. Um, but yeah, I think um, we also have to kind of, it annoys me to say this, but a lot of these players are young. And we've got them on eight-year contracts, so we can't just fully give up on them yet. We have to kind of give them game time. We have to kind of give them a full season. Um, Badger Shield, I was very critical of him at the start of this recording, but he's just about being at Chelsea for a year. He was injured for a good, I think, five, six months. But that being said, you know, with Chelsea, we expect to win games. We can't really afford to give these players game time if they're not going to perform on the pitch. Fafana is another centre-back who seems to be more injured than a match fit. And we can expect him to be back um, probably end of season for ready for the upcoming season. Um, but I do think it's time maybe to test something new. Um, I wouldn't go too crazy. Like I still want to chill well if he's fit and Gusto if he's fit to feature as the right back and left back because we've been very critical of playing um, centre-backs as, as uh, full-backs and wingers or midfielders as, uh, as false nines. It just hasn't worked. That experiment just hasn't worked. I mean, one game I think we played with, was it Palmer as the strikers the false nine was Middlesbrough away yeah and that, that didn't work we couldn't even score against Middlesbrough and then we changed things up we played Brogia as a nine mm. in the second leg against Middlesbrough and we, we scored six past them mm. so I don't know what Pochino was thinking when he played Palmer again at Anfield it's it's, you know, it's not an experiment you kind of do again when it hasn't worked before and it's not an experiment you test again in a big game at Anfield maybe do it in an FA Cup mm. game but not, 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 not in, not in the Premier League against Liverpool. So, sure, we have to be creative, we have to be innovative, but we can't take these type of risks that just haven't paid off in the past. Mm-hmm. I think it's a it's a good point about Palmer because you know you, you're up against Kanate, you're up against Van Dijk, arguably two of the best in in the Premier League at the moment. It was just, I mean, I felt again, I did feel sorry for Silva, who I thought was made scapegoat, especially for for some of the defensive errors. But you know, when you're kind of playing defense defence on your own you know you haven't really got the support of your centre back you know and then when Badia Shile's left back he's still exposing him I felt he was really exposed in, in the back line um, Cole Palmer going forward I don't think was like we both said you know I don't think he was really utilised in the best way possible from Pochettino's perspective but um, I, me personally I would start thinking about changing changing things um, clearly you know teams 
know how easy it is. I think when we go back to that Middlesbrough game, um, I, I think in the first leg, I think um, Michael Carrick said that he knew how our, how we were going to set up and our approach and who was going to play and who was going to be at left back. So I think it is a lot. It's, it's a lot easier. I mean, how often has it been? How close we've been with our predicted lineups um, the last couple of weeks? With I know that stands at injuries, albeit, but how easy it is to, to kind of name our squad, how we're going to set up the approach to our, or the expected approach to our game. We don't always execute it well, but um, I think we need to change something. I, I don't understand why we're we're still heavily reliant on pressing with Tasazi and Badiashile, who clearly both of them are young, yes, but they, they, they've come in, they've come in to do a job and they're professional footballers and they still... Like you just said, uh, uh, you know, Newport County, Sutton United, they, they probably wouldn't get a run out there. I mean, that, that I mean, that was probably the worst. And the worst thing with Badia Shile is he's, he's, he came into the team and he was playing really well. And he, if you remember, he got dropped for no real reason. He was just sort of dropped from the team. Um, I think that was under maybe Potter. It must have been under Graham Potter. Um, he was just dropped and then he kind of got injured. Then he came back and he just hasn't really been the same since. So, it could just be a confidence thing, but when you're at a club like Chelsea, you know, you don't have time to sort of feel sorry for yourself or you don't have time to to hope that you're going to have a good, you've just got to have a good game. You can't really come into it and think, well, you know, I've got, I've been here for six months, so maybe, you know, that gives me a bit of breathing space to try and develop. You've, you've just got to be able to kick on and, and, and progress and, and win things. So, you know, if I asked you now, I mean, this is one of the, the questions I was going to ask you, but if you if you could honestly name our standout players in that team, um, you know, who who can we not really not have in that team? And it affects us. You know, you, you go back to when we had Frank Lampard in there, if we took him out of the team, how important he was. John Terry, Didier Drogba, Aidan Hazard, um, you know, Petacek, you know, all these sort of plays that we, you know, if we, they picked up a suspension or they got injured, you know, our, our whole week and our whole week was ruined for the following week because we knew we were going to miss them. We haven't got any of those players in no. the squad and we spent that much money. We still don't have like a, a Kevin De Bruyne, you know, we don't have someone that is so instrumental to how we play and what we do. There isn't, I mean, could, can you name you? I don't think you could name you one. Me, me. No. No, it's a, it's a good question. Yeah, and um, I think every single one of those players could get dropped and replaced and we wouldn't miss the player that got dropped. The one person I think we would miss is Silva, but that's not so much for his how he's playing at the moment, it's more for his experience and his mm. leadership. And we will miss him in the summer when he leaves. But all the others, like you said, they're not Drogba's, Lampard's, De Bruyne's, um, Petr Cech's, even Rhys James and Mounts during their early time at Chelsea when yeah. they were really kind of valuable players and the first names on the team sheet on the two core, but every single one of these current players, even Enzo and Caicedo, they haven't really hit the the ground running and they could easily be dropped for a, an Andre Santos, a Cassidy, I think, and we wouldn't miss them. So, so yeah, it's a very good point. Um, all these players are, could, could be dropped and could be replaced. It's a massive, massive, massive worry when you think about the money that's been spent and, you know, there's still talk of more money being spent in the summer as well. But let's, let's move on to... Um, Obviously, we, we, we've got to do it all again with Liverpool um, in a couple of weeks uh, in the, the uh, Carabao Cup final at Wembley, uh, 20, 25th of Feb? 25th of Feb, Sunday. I think it got moved to 3pm 3, 3 now, 3 hasn't PM. it? 3pm, yeah. yeah. It's uh, been moved now. So, um, I mean, look, Wembley, 
is a lorry. It doesn't matter how well you play in the Premier League, how well you're in on the form. You know, you could have won your last 10 and still get beat at Wembley. To me, that's just how it is. But um, <laughs> I say all that to say this. Off the back of the performance on Wednesday, we cannot turn up to Wembley and play like that. We will we will get annihilated. Um, what's your thoughts, early thoughts? Because um, we will do a proper match uh, preview for the final. But what's your early thoughts on how we we cope with Liverpool in in bearing in mind they'll have Trent back, Robertson, Salah will be back in that team. Then how are we going to cope with with a dominant Liverpool um, at Wembley? We've got to treat this game like it's it's a, it's a cup final. It's our cup final. It's arguably the most important game of our season now. Our only chance mm. to get silverware because yeah. realistically, I see City's name still in the hat for the for the next twenty in the FA Cup. We're not going to get past teams like them. Um, so yes, the most important game of of uh, of our season, Pochettino as well. I think he's he's rightfully said that Liverpool are getting a lot of applause and respect for getting to the League Cup final, whereas Chelsea should almost be embarrassed for being there. That's how the way he's kind of said. It. I do agree with that. It's almost saying like uh, Liverpool is another chance for them for them to get the quadruple, whereas Chelsea it's almost embarrassing that they just focus on the League Cup now, which is not the case. Where it's, it's a trophy, we've treated it with respect and we've beaten some big teams along the way. Liverpool, Brighton. So yeah, we do deserve to be in that final. How we cope with Liverpool, just do the complete opposite of what we did on Wednesday night. We've got to be defensively stable. Mm. The midfielders need to have their heads screwed on and just be able to create something for the attacking players. We've got to play with a striker at Wembley. Um, we can't do this false nine business again. Um, it's going to be probably Nicholas Jackson because we're going to talk about Brozier, who's departed now. Um, and also defence. We can't be having a, a Badger Shiel or Colwell or De Sassi as a fullbacks. It's got to be, um, I think I'm really touching wood right now that they're going to be fit for the 25th of February, but it's got to be Chilwell and Gusto. Mm. So I think that's going to be our chance of dealing with um, the pace and the and the, the skills or the creativity of a player like Jota and Diaz, Nunez, Salah, who'll be back by then, most likely. Um, I do think I'm, I'm more confident. I think I really hope that gaming in Singapore was a blip. Um, and we've seen it in the past happen. And I do know that this season we've been fairly good against the bigger teams. Uh, you look back at the first game of the season where we drew with Liverpool. We drew with um, City. We drew with Arsenal. Um, I say draw, which isn't really what we should be looking for as Chelsea fans. But this season, I think that's going to result in itself against those type of teams. Um, but yeah, it's such an important game. Um, I think it also could be a bit of a make or break or kind of give Pochettino a bit more time should he start next season poorly as well. Um, the fact that he won silverware in in February. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a tough one. Um, I'm Duke. I think it might plan out like the previous cup finals. It could be a draw and go to extra time. Um, but I'm sure we'll be able to touch upon that more when we get more of an idea of who's fit, who's not fit and closer to the time as well. Yeah, um, it's a difficult one because I think, I think I said to you, I think you do end up with the qualifying round of the Euro Europa mm. Conference League. So, I think that for me would be the incentive to to win this trophy, and not just because of that. I think I said before on here that you know, for me, I've always looked at the the Carabao Cup or the League Cup as a as a you know rec- recognized trophy. It's still something that you know no one really cares about it. So you're at Wembley and it's 25th of February, but you know, it's something that even in the earlier rounds, don't forget we had to we had to enter this very early on. We've been at the almost the very start of the the, the, 
the, the stages of this um, tournament this season. So for me personally, you know, to, to win it, it wouldn't be, I wouldn't deem it a success. I, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't say it's a success. I, I think, especially the run we've had, we had quite a very good run in terms of teams that we've had to face to get to the final. But um, I wouldn't deem it a success. success. I would see, deem it possibly as a stepping stone to success. Mm-hmm. Um, by that, I mean, uh, next season, like you just said about Potticino, it should hopefully buy him that time in the summer to to hopefully address certain things in the in the you know the squad and that possibly boost the atmosphere for like, going into that summer and the preseason. Um, but then also, the stepping stone for me then would be to then go and try and compete to get back into the Champions League. Um, you're then entering into, albeit the Conference League, that could be a brilliant trophy to win. You know, you look at some of the teams that might be in there. We should be able to go in to that conference league and be confident that we could possibly go on to win that. It's a, another stepping stone for me. So for me, all these sort of small things that we could potentially win the Carabao Cup, the Conference League, if we go on to get into that and win it, qualify for Champions League and start just building the team back because I, I don't think we could. I don't personally think we'll be able to go from where we are now to in two years competing for the Premier League or competing for the Champions League. I don't think, I think we're that wider apart now from, you know, City, Real Madrid, Liverpool, um, PSG, you know, Bayern Munich, whoever else. We're, we're so far away from those sort of teams now. We've almost like added 10 years on to trying to get back near, nearer to them. So it could be, it could be the whole duration of, well, Clear Lake and Todd Bowley have left this club that we actually try and resolve all these issues I just I just don't see us being anywhere near pushing for a trophy of you know the greater things like the Premier League for for any considerable amount of time personally so for me winning a cup would be brilliant but it'd just be just be a stepping stone yeah I think I agree with that word stepping stone but I'm going to ask you would it be our most important game of the season um yeah 100% would be the most important but it kind of shows where we are I think, mm. you know, I think, you know, I remember the days where we were, um, you know, trying to wrap up the Premier League at West Brom at the Hawthorns, you know, like just though to me, that's a massive game because we wanted to wrap the, the Premier League up or, you know, being in a final Champions League, waiting for the DA dropper to score the penalty. Th- those were massive games of the season. I'm not down playing the Carabao Cup because I still think it's a, like I said, it's a trophy, you know, the players that will be there, they'll remember that for the rest of their lives. The fans that will be there will remember it as well. Um, but, it just shows not how far we've fallen, but just where we are in a pecking order, I think, yeah. in terms of what do we deem now as a an important part of you know, the most important game of our season. It, you know, this would just normally be like a, a, a almost like a trial run for something else, you know, like the Champions League final or the FA Cup final or pushing on to get the Premier League. It, it used to be that for us, whereas now this is just what we're kind of putting all our leg, eggs in that one basket and it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel the Chelsea way, does it for me? It just no, doesn't feel the Chelsea yeah. way. I mean, even in 2021 when we made it to the League Cup final and we lost some penalties to Liverpool, I was heartbroken. Yeah. I was gutted. I was losing to Liverpool was always sad, but we just won, I think, the Super Cup. Yep. The Club World Cup. We were still competing we for had I the think, FA top. Cup to look forward to. We had the FA Cup, we were still in the FA Cup. We were still competing, I think, for t- the Premier League, I think at that time. Yeah. We were around the top three. So there was still a lot to look forward to. And that kind of made me, when I left Wembley, I was like, all right, I'm gutted, but there's still a lot to kind of go on to achieve with this team and to yeah. play for. Whereas now, like you said, it's almost, we're putting all our eggs in one basket for this one game, 90 minutes or 120 minutes. 
um, for what rival fans would call the Mickey Mouse trophy. <laughs> but for us, it's, for us, it's the, well, the most important trophy of our season. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think that, again, it goes back to that harsh reality comment that I made. This is just where we are as a club. You know, we're just, we're just at this point in our club. And I generally think it will be years, not like two or three seasons. I'm talking, you know, it could be 10 years before we even see the Premier League again. Chelsea fans might not agree with me with that one, but I don't see us winning the Premier League anytime soon. Um, unless something drastic happens over the next two or three seasons in terms of the transfer window, in terms of those stepping stones that I just spoke about. If those things happen and we bring in the right players and we get some, get rid of some of the players, then maybe, but you said it before, you know, some of these players are on eight year contracts. We're struggling to get rid of Malang So, so <laughs> some of these players that are still here will still be here in eight or 10 years. Um, it's just the way that they've done the, the deals for them. So it's going to be harsh um, and hard for some people to accept that. But that's, to me, that's just where we are as a, as a club. So, um, but 25th of Feb, I'm sure we're all going to be there if we win. No one's going to care about on the day. No one's going to care about if, you know, anything else I'm talking about. Yeah. We're just going to have the trophy to, to celebrate and bragging rights against Liverpool. So it should be a good game. Yeah, I was meant to be doing a half marathon in Brighton on that morning. Um, cancelled. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's cancelled. <laughs> I'll be in London to make it to Wembley yeah. at 3 p.m. That's <laughs> yeah, the, the, the people of Brighton, are, uh, yeah, probably you won't be the only one. I think there'll be a few more probably dropping out as well. Um, Definitely. Let, let's let's move on to obviously just mention Melanxar. Let's talk about some of the transfer news. Obviously, transfer deadline day was yesterday. Um, didn't really. What well, I didn't. I don't know about you. I didn't really keep up with it. I just knew obviously we we weren't really going to be doing much deals, and I didn't expect any major development from any of the other clubs. Um, so I just didn't really pay too much attention to it. But I did wake up and did think with Broya being on the bench against um, Liverpool at Anfield, I thought well maybe he might just stay. I didn't think he would probably go, but. Biggest news, I think, for, for for Chelsea fans was Armando Breuer did get his move to Fulham in the end, a low move. Um, question for you straight away. Is this a good low move for player and club or just player? It's a rubbish move for for, for Chelsea and for Broja. Maybe Fulham get a player for six months who's got a point to prove, who wants to show that he's Premier League quality. Um, but for us, what are we getting out of this? We're getting five million, I believe, if he makes under ten Premier League appearances. It goes down, and if he makes, and it goes down if he makes more than ten Premier League appearances. Mm. So it makes me think that we're not. Either we get five million, which is peanuts for what we're trying to get out of. You know, try, if we want to sell players like Gallagher, if we were wanted initially fifty million for Brozier. but it makes me think we're just sending him there to develop, and I doubt Fulham will be able to afford him in the summer either way. So it's it's a weird one. It doesn't really make sense for us, and especially when you look at what we've got, what we're left with now. We're one injury away to Jackson to not having a striker. Do we play David Washington? Do we play Nkuku as a false nine? Do we go back to the Sterling Palmer um, false nine experiment? It's mm. it's a bit baffling. And I I've always kind of said I've I've been relatively impressed when I've seen Brozier. Um, you look at when he played against Middlesbrough in the second leg. Sure, he didn't score, but he was creating things. I think he's got good aerial ability. We saw that goal against Preston, brilliant header. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I'm not really in favour of this move at all. I thought either we'd sell him, or we'd either get a lot of money for him and, and put that towards getting a big replacement in the summer, whether that be Tony, um, Osterman. Um, but loaning him out just doesn't doesn't make sense. 
really doesn't make sense. It went from us wanting 50 million to us wanting 35 million to us wanting a loan with an obligation to buy mm. to now loaning him out with possibly only getting 5 million out of the loan. And that's a possible 5 million, not even a guaranteed 5 million. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just don't see what Chelsea get out of this loan. It tells me two things. It tells me, first of all, that the... Um, yeah, it tells me, first of all, that the um, the owners don't really know how... I mean, we all we all spoke about Marina Gunaskaya when she was here and how she was quite hardball and she, she got the best deal done. It tells me that we've kind of lost that and we're just kind of, we're throwing numbers out there and we're just hoping that someone picks up the number and goes, yeah, I'll pay that. But if they don't, then we just start panicking and we'll just lower the number as, as little as possible to appease not just the club that we're trying to sell to, but also the player that wants to move as well. Because how do you go from a 50 million valuation? This was only last week. I think you know, only last Thursday I was reading that he's valued at 50 million. Um, you know, a couple of clubs, I think Wolves were one of the ones that were interested in the loan at first um, with a, a potential obligation to buy as well. But how how do we get down to the point where we've almost got our pants pulled down because, you know, we literally don't have the, the fee that we really want from it in terms of a, a, a buy. There's no clause in there to obligate or activate any sort of fee after the loan. And we might end up with nothing anyway, because I think Fulham will actually utilise Broyo just so they don't have to pay the fee. So wait, I, for Broyo, I think it's a really good move. I think he I think mm. he will really do well with Fulham. I think, you know, there's talk, I think, of them trying to bring in, um, I, can't remember, I can't remember if it was Mitrovic again, actually. It might have been. I can't remember. I think there was talk of that at Fulham, but... Um, you know, they actually will do well with him. And, you know, you know, you think about, I watch Fulham quite a lot, which is strange, but, you know, they have a really good squad behind their attacker or their attackers. And I think if they could put Broyer in there, I'm thinking about William, you know, whipping in some William. of those balls. You know, he's... he's Harrison, Harrison, Harrison Reed as well. I will be. Yeah. Kearney. Yeah, it's good there, There's some really good players in that, in that uh, Fulham squad. So I think him going there, perfect move, doesn't have to relocate. You know, everything is still around him. He's you know a stone's throw from probably where he lives already anyway um training I'm, I'm not sure where Fulham train but I can only imagine it's not too far yeah. from multiple park I think it's around more than South London yeah, yeah so it's not that far of of a journey you know no different to him probably going to Cobham or somewhere else so um it's a it's a win for him 100% um I just but what happens in the summer what yeah. happens in the summer yeah, now no, you're right that's the thing yeah you're right yeah. you're right I think I think from Chelsea's perspective, obviously they, they've made it very clear that they want to try and get rid of players in the summer. You know, the ones who come with the pure profit, Gallagher, Broyer will probably be the two big ones at the top, Chalibur probably another one. Um, this is probably putting Broyer in a window for me. This is putting him in the shop window to say, look, this is what this boy can do. He's a good footballer. He can score goals. Remember what he did at uh, Southampton and, and, and whatever else. So, I think that's Chelsea's perspective. They're not too, we've spoke about it before. They're not too bothered about how it impacts the team now. You know, the fact that we've only got Jackson as our recognised striker in Washington hasn't, if I remember correctly, hasn't actually played any minutes for us. Um, he's never started a game. He's yeah. got the odd cameo. Yeah, the final, he, hasn't, like, he hasn't started. A couple though. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you look at maybe Nkunku, does he come in and play that nine role as well? Maybe that's what they're thinking. You know, he can play number nine. But, this to me just just tells you that the, the owners, the board, they're not too fussed about 
the now, the present. You know, they're they're more concerned about in the summer. Let's get let's get some more money ticking through the club. So, you know, it's just where we are. I said before, harsh realities. This is where we are as a club. So, um, it's it's a tough one. It's a really tough one to 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 digest. Uh, it's not just outgoings. You look at back at the summer and last January when Benfica and Brighton were really reluctant to sell Caicedo and Enzo. Yeah, we broke that deadlock. We were, we got them to sell those players and they pushed for the moves the players themselves. But the fees we paid for them. We weren't able to negotiate those down. So well and truly pulled down. Exactly. And it's the same with selling players. We're not able to prove their value of them. We haven't been able to get Melanxar off the books. Chaloba, another one who Mm -hmm. we still don't know if he'll feature for the next six months. So it's a bit of a worry, um, kind of how we're conducting our transfer business at the moment. I think as well, one of the things for me is that we sometimes blame the players for how they play at the club. But then I look at Christian Pulisic, I look at Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's gone to AC Milan. I look at Tamori, I look at all these other players that have left the club and they're, I'm not saying that they're pulling up trees and they're doing you know Ballon d'Or performances every weekend, but they're actually playing better than they did at Chelsea. So that tells you that something is wrong with the club, with, with Chelsea, as opposed to the other way around. So, mm. I mean, if Melanxar had any common sense, you know, you look at Ross Barkley, you know, he had, he had his contract terminated. He's gone to Nice, I think he went to, and then he came back, he's been at Luton. And he's actually, I think he just got player of the, the month at Luton for January. Well deserved. So That game against um, against Chelsea, he was the man of the match for me. You know, He looked like uh, the type of player that Chelsea would splash out 50 million for in January. <laughs> don't, give, don't give them any ideas. <laughs> they'll, <laughs> they'll probably be on the phone to, um, to Luton trying to... to to get him back for like yes, 50 million, 60 million. But um Malang Saw's on 120,000 or something like that a week. So why would you want to sit in you know a club where you're you're clearly not in the manager's plans, you're not in the club's future? You know, surely there's more to life than just money. And Ross Barkley has proven that he's got his his head back in the game. He seems to love football again. The passion seems to be there for him. He felt like he fell out of love with football when he was at Chelsea, but He's got it back. And, you know, Milan Sars another one, Trevor Chalabur as well. I know there was low moves that potentially he could have gone to. I think Forrest, uh, West Ham, I think might have been interested as well. There was obviously the talk about Bayern Munich and all the rest of it. But surely now Chalabur, if he's, well, he is staying. Now that he's staying, should be fighting to get back into that team. Definitely, yeah. And he's got every reason to want to fight when he looks at the performances of the Badger Shields and yeah. the Sassies. Um, so whether he's fit now I'm not sure but he's for me he's got the feature yeah. there's no reason why he shouldn't feature we've got him we're paying his wages um, he can't do much worse than his players I mentioned and alongside for me it's I think it was Le Havre in, um, in France they were linked to him mm. and the move collapsed right at the end um, you know why though don't you to- wages probably he, he didn't they, they wanted to terminate his uh, contract to Chelsea mutually and he decided he didn't want to do that he wanted to keep these contracts at Chelsea clearly because yeah. the money is obviously that good at Chelsea yeah but and so you, you start to wonder if it's like you saw what happened to Ben Rama and Olympique Lyon yep. um, he was out in training today in the Lyon um, training kit but he, he still isn't officially a Lyon player yeah, and the moves collapsed now I yeah. believe yeah um, and that, they, they're really furious with West Ham because apparently it was poor communication so you're starting to wonder now if this communication thing that English clubs are having with clubs abroad is also playing a part. The fax machine. Um, <laughs> the fax machine, yeah, the famous Real Madrid fax machine. Um, 
but yeah, I think these are the type of players now. Um, if this was Marina Granovskoya, they'd be just contract terminated. Yeah, they'd be out of the club. Yeah, they'd be um, not even loan now. They'd be sold to I don't know Besiktas to Anderlecht to whichever clubs mm. wanted them, and they make sure the deal gets done. But I think this should have been a number one priority this January. It should have been getting rid of those type of players, and the only player we've gotten rid of is a player we arguably should have kept, given the circumstances of Bologna. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I'm just a bit really baffled by how poorly we've done our January business. Mm. I mean, there is the silver lining in that is that um, the the good thing about it is we we obviously kept Conor Gallagher, who was heavily linked with Tottenham. There was a sure. lot of talk over the last forty eight hours that Tottenham were going to try and come in and have a late bid for for Conor Gallagher. I don't think that story's gone away. I think we've just put it on the shelf for you know, four or five months until the end of the season. I, I do think the club will want to sell Conor Gallagher, um, mainly for FFP reasons come the summer. Um, but I'm glad that we've kept him because again, you know, we talk about some of the players that aren't doing well at the club. We don't really necessarily always spend as much time talking about the players that are doing well. And Conor Gallagher is one of those that for me again, um, you know, proved why we needed him at team. You know, he, he kind of changed it when he did get involved um, on Wednesday against um, on against Liverpool. But you know, we, we, again, you know, you look at the Washington. I think we paid twenty million for Washington. You know, Andre Santos has just joined Strasbourg, which I know there's still a bit of unrest there at the club with the ownership and everything else. So I just, I, I don't know. I, I think we're in such a. This is why I say I don't think we'll win the Premier League for ten years because I think we're in such a mess in terms of transfers, results on the pitch. I clearly don't see if. Uh, I mean, we're two years into this. Don't forget. You know, we're two years into the whole thing with Top Bowley and clearly we still don't know what the project is. We still don't know what our best level is. We still don't know what we're trying to do and adapt on the pitch. This is two years into the making. We still don't know if we've got any standout players or, or players that we need in the squad. We don't know anything. And we're two years into, I, I generally don't think Potticino will be here in a year and a half. I don't think he'll be here this time next year. Yeah, honestly, I can see that happening as well. But yeah, this project is two years in and we still can't see it. Um, we did do very well to keep Gallagher. I said number one priority shopping to sell the SARS, the mm. Chilobas, yep. the Brogia if we wanted to sell him. But we did really well to keep Gallagher. And also when we bought back um, Andre Santos and we record Castaday from Leicester, yep. it kind of rang alarm bells for me um, that said, oh, okay, Gallagher's on his way then. So yeah, um, We've done really well to keep him, but I, like you said, those stories will kind of resurface in um, in the summer, and those links to Everton, Newcastle, Tottenham will come back as well. I haven't done this for a few weeks on the pod, but I, I'm going to have to bring him up just quickly. Um, now, okay. <laughs> we, we avoided his name in the loan episode as well. We did, remember we that? Did, we did. Um, but the reason I'm going to bring this up is because I think I just mentioned FFP, but we do remember there's a lot of, or not a lot, but there are some players on loan that we will expect to see go in the summer. One of them being Lukaku, um, maybe Kepa will move on as well in the summer. You'd think maybe he'll, he'll get a move somewhere else. I don't really see him coming back. Um, to, to play a part maybe Petrovic Slanina are both ahead of him now in the pecking order alongside Sanchez so there are some players that as much as we, we focus on the Gallagher's and the Chalobas who will probably move on there's still someone like Lukaku that we can get some money out of you know 40 million or something around that region for him so it's not all doom and gloom come the summer I think there will be players that we can move on Kepra being another one maybe 25 20 million um, and trying to bring some some revenue in that way as well I think will be the, the option but I just wanted to raise that I don't want to talk about him I don't want to bring the uh, the big L back up um, I'm just going to leave it at that 
before we move on. But let's quickly talk before we move on to the preview. Uh, Santos, who, as I just mentioned, has gone to Strasbourg. Um, what's your thoughts on that move? Good move for him. It seems like he hopefully will get more game time than he did at, under Steve Cooper at uh, Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I think he will get more game time. It's not hard not to get more game time than he did at <laughs> Forest. Um, and Strasbourg are our, our feeder club or the yeah. club we kind of um, part of the Blue Co partnership we have. Um, and I think it's yeah, the Brazilian Angelino Gabriel who's there as well. Yeah. So um, he will get more game time. Shame though, because I did feel like he was ready for a bit of a Premier League or um, English experience playing uh, football here. Um, but maybe just um, it's about quite a question of him now is just to get, get his um, minutes in plays football, come back in the summer and assess what we do have been uh, there. But considering we also got Cassidy yeah. um, back, I think it makes sense to loan him back. Um, I was expecting maybe Marrera to go out on loan as well. But then I also remember that he made an appearance for us um, yeah. in the League Cup. I think it was against Wimbledon um, at the start of the season. And there's a new rule or an old rule now that you can't play for more than three clubs in one, one calendar season, I believe. Um, so he played for Lyon, Chelsea, and he wouldn't be able to play for a third club. So I guess by recalling him, does that mean that he's in Pochettino's plans now? So another player to keep an eye on as well. It's interesting because I think, um, I still think we've got a bag of potentials and that's a good thing if they all hit the potential. But I just look at some of these players, you know, um, I want to see something from them in the preseason. I want to see what they can do because we, some of these players, I think, I think we've got a couple more. Is it Kenneth, Kennedy Perez or someone as well? We've got another. Kendrick, Kendrick Perez. Kendrick Perez. Perez. Yeah. And I think there's a few more somewhere out on loan. Um, Amari Hutchinson. Amari Hutchinson's one. another one. I mean, they're all, they look and, and <laughs> from what I'm getting to see some of the football, I mean, Amari Hutchinson's having a good time at Ipswich. Um, Cassidy had a really good time at Leicester as well. So really good low moves, but we need to start in- integrating that into the first team um, somehow. You know, I-, I don't know how we do that. Are they even up to the to, to the standards? But we need to see something because we've, we've spent a lot of money on potential and that has to pay off. It has to. So um, it'll be interesting pre-season who, who's kind of in the plans for... Um, for Potticino and how he goes about making sure that all the players that we do have out on loan are given a, a fair crack at the whip in trying to get into that senior squad for, for next summer. Definitely, yeah. Um, I do remember a lot of these players got involved in pre-season as well and they looked good yeah. um, last uh, last summer so in the US. Jackson, so did Jackson, um, to be fair. So, so did Jackson, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I'd still, let's see what Jackson can do with Vancouver. That's what I'm going to say. Mm, I've, I've, there's only so many times you can miss sitters for me. Um, I I'm, I'm I have flashbacks of the, the amount I got. But you're right. Let's give him a, let's give him the opportunity. But it's gonna he's got a lot of work to do to to convince me. So um, with that being said, let's move over to Sunday's game. Wolves. Um, I had a really good game last night actually against Manchester United. They were really unfortunate not to grab a point. Second half, they were great in the second half. Yeah, they were. They were. Um, we go into this game. You mentioned before about our, our, I think it's 10 unbeaten at, at Stamford Bridge, which is really good. Our away record is, is shocking, which is why I think we were always going to lose against Liverpool. But we go into this game, really good record at Stamford Bridge now. We, we, you know, 10, 10 on the bounce without a defeat. There will be a slight hesitation from me because I do like the look of Wolves going forward. They are very dangerous on the counter-attack, especially watching them yesterday uh, in that second half. But what's your thoughts going into this game? Um, we spoke possibly about a tactical change from us but would you would you 
risk that in this game, um, knowing I suppose we can potentially get into eight, four, seventh place if we we win. Yeah, I mean, Wolves are right behind us. I think they're breathing down our necks yeah. right now. Um, so kind of yeah, watching yesterday's game, I was a bit in a dilemma of who I wanted to win in a weird way. I think a draw would have been a good result. I said, I said a draw. I said a draw. Yeah, but, but like you said, Wolves have a lot of attacking threats. Pedro Neto back from his injury mm. and he looked, he looked really, really lively yesterday. Great, um, great player. Um, Saravia, a player that I've always been impressed by during his sporting um, uh, Lisbon days. Uh Huang as well, who I think is yeah, amongst the top goal scorers of the now, Premier League. Yeah, so they've got a lot of good players um, and they've got Kilman, Doherty, who, who are playing their football this season and doing a good job. For us, I think we need to just, like I said, play those players that are back now um, and are ready to play and that are probably the starting players. And had we gone back to August and um, we played those games against Liverpool and West Ham, they mm-hmm. were in a starting lineup and they was well Nkuku. Yeah. And Kuku back to preseason. Shukumweka, I think, who is a player we haven't spoken enough about on this podcast, but I think he's got a very bright future if he can stay fit. Yeah. Um, so I'd like to hit to see him start, whether that's in a number 10 role or more of a kind of a central midfield role, I'm unsure yet. Mm. Um, Gusto as well. He played the second half and he needs to start. Um, and I'd see Chilwell start if he's fit. Mm. I think we'll find out maybe t- later this afternoon if the conference is on or. Yeah, half now. Um, yeah, so um, it's going to be interesting, but um, it's still a must-win for me. Oh, yeah. We drop points midweek. Um, where, like I said, we're unbeaten in ten at Stamford Bridge. I think an unbeaten run that takes us back to the defeat against Brentford back in October, I believe. Um, mm. So yeah, we've done well at home. Um, we picked out some points recently against um, Fulham, against Sheffield, um, some FA Cup wins, big League Cup win against um, against Borough. And I'm going to say we were unfortunate not to beat Villa on Friday. Um, I mm. thought we had some chances. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's going to be a big win, but I'm not going to take anything for granted now. And I do think this is a very good Wolf side that we're playing as well. Yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, you named the the, the Wolf squad and just picking them out there, just even you know Sarabia, uh, Cunha as well. Another one who who is dangerous. Lamina, Lamina going forward. They're all dangerous. They're all dangerous. Um, I, I, I know I've just said that I would look at possibly changing formation for us and, and changing our tactical approach to the game. I don't think I would in this game um, because I think we need to troll how we've been playing, you know, the 4-3, uh, 4-2-3-1 with Nkunku possibly playing as that number nine, the the, the main attacker. I think we can possibly do that. Um, it will be interesting to see if Ben Chil was injured because I think if he is Massive dilemma because we can't go back to um, Levi Cowell at left left back. We can't go back to Paddy Ashili at left back. Doesn't work. Which also Matson Matson on loan at Dortmund. Why the hell do we do that? It also begs the question why we let Ian Matson. I mean, this is this is literally carbon copy. We've done it with Matson and we've done it with Broya now. You know, we've done it with two players where ideally they do have a role to play. We're not saying that they're the be all and end all, but they got a role to play the club. So. Um, Ben Chilwell has to stay fit for the rest of the season now. I think that's just a, a given. We need him fit. Um, we can't allow him to get injured. I thought Malo Gusto, when he came on um, half-time um, at Liverpool, really well. I think we we didn't speak about Mudrick, actually. Uh, the chance that Mudrick had, beautiful ball in by Malo Gusto. Beautiful. He's on the plate. Literally, you've just got to put your foot, wrap your foot around the ball, keep it low. It's a goal. But that's what Malo Gusto can do for us. He can, you know, he can take players on. He gives us a bit more than Dezazi does at right back. I know he's not naturally a right back, but he can do more going forward. And I think we need that. 
Um, I agree with you about Carney Chukameka. I think he's someone, I, I'm still on the fence with him a little bit and I don't know how and where I, I would put him in his team and who I would take out because ideally, I think he would take what Conor Gallagher's role currently is at the moment and I'd play him there. But then do you sh- do you shift Conor Gallagher back into that midfield with Enzo or Caicedo? It doesn't always work. I don't think he works well there. So I, it's where where's the right place to put Carney Trocomeca is it is it alongside Enzo or Caicedo possibly more likely yes um, but we have to win I don't I, I say all that because even without the 10 matches unbeaten we, we, we go into that game we should win we should beat Wolves there's no there's no ifs or buts we, we should be beating Wolves that's no discredit to them but we are the better team we should be the better team definitely yeah and these are the type of games we 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 win usually like any other previous season yeah at home towards we usually picked up the three points so no excuses um but i do agree with what you said i kind of like the idea of being a bit more creative or experimenting things to line up or the tactics but this isn't the right game to do that mm. we've got villa midweek on wednesday yeah um that could possibly be an opportunity at villa park but i think we should stick to our strongest 11 or players that kind of we could trust in terms of experience and leadership for for this game, um, especially when we need the three points and to bounce back after Wednesday's defeat. Mm. I'm, I'm going to do it as we always do. I'm going to get you to predict your uh, your lineup. So I'm assuming we're going to go with um, if Sanchez is back in training now. So there is a shout that he might just walk back into the team. I hope he doesn't because I think Petrovic should keep his spot. But what, what's your thoughts on the goalkeeper and who would you start? It's, I think it's still got to be Petrovic and I'm surprised to hear about that Sanchez because he posted something on his Instagram where his foot was all booted up um, so um, yeah, so I'm surprised he's back and I still think he's got a bit of a recovery or reconditioning that where they yeah. obviously love to use um, so yeah I, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Petrovic to start this one and then my back four and this is if Chilwell is fit which I really hope he is yeah. because he has to fit now there's no excuses um, it's going to be Gusto, Silva, Desassi, and Chilwell. Yeah, I'll go with that. I think that's the the most logical after Wednesday. I think that's the most logical back yeah. Um This is where it gets tricky after, after, off the back of what I've just said, but Moises Caicedo, for me, isn't a liability, but he's one of those players that I feel in a game against Wolves, very similar to Casemiro last night. I think he picked up a card about three minutes into the game. Midfield, Ward midfield is very physical. And I, I, I think Caicedo could be a flight risk in this game. I, I don't know if I play him. I, yeah. I, I, well, <laughs> it's a lesser of two because Enzo can also be very um, hot-headed in these games. But I, 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 I think I'd probably drop Caicedo, I think, for, for, for Chocomeca. I think... I'd have to agree. And also we have to remember we've had quite a quiet January, but yeah. the fixtures are kind of piling up now. Midweek Wednesday, game on Sunday, and another game next Wednesday. Yeah. So we do have to kind of rotate and think about Yenzo's, Gallagher's and Caicedo's who have played a lot of football this season. Yeah. So I'm gonna agree and play a midfield two of Gallagher and Enzo with Chukumweka just ahead of them. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I think um one of the things as well we have to remember Conor Gallagher only played 45 minutes on Wednesday so you'd expect him to start on Sunday I think maybe that's why he was rested midweek as well um, Wings as well as another questionable one because is it though and maybe not I think I'd probably drop my Dweki put Palmer 
Right. My thing with Sterling is I think are we just playing Sterling because he's the most experienced, technically the most experienced player, the one that's on the high wages? And what what are we actually put? Not what are we playing Sterling for, but what does he actually offer us going forward consistently? Not against, I don't know, every now and again we see a bit of brilliance where he gets two assists. I'm talking about, you know, three games, back-to-back, solid nine out of ten performances. He doesn't give us that. So what are we actually accommodating Sterling in this team for? Yeah, it just seems like we list his name in our preferred lineups purely for that experience and the hope that he pulls off on those performances like we saw against City, mm-hmm. against Tottenham away from home when Tottenham were playing that high line. I think West Ham early in the season where he was amazing and he went through that purple patch. But but then again, if you drop Sterling, who do you play in favor, in, instead of him? Madweke or Mudrick? i rather Sterling if I'm honest. Yeah, I, it's a, no. It's a good point. It's a really good point. I just, I just, again, it's, it's, it's what, what? How can we spend so much money and still not want to play a decent player on the left wing? It's embarrassing. You, I, it, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who else I could do there. Do you play and Cuckoo Chukumwekas on the wing, and then maybe play Jackson now that he's back? Or it's a shout. It is a shout. It's a shout. I. I Mm, that's a very Casada is another one that's back now and can't feature against Villa because he played for Leicester in the FA Cup so do you give him a run it's a good shout Sunday so maybe you play Casada in midfield you, you play Gallagher as the 10 you shift Chukunweka to the wing and then you play Jackson or Nkunku as the striker that's also an option that's an option I like your Nkunku one first I think I put Nkunku the only downside to that, it doesn't get, I mean, if we, we shouldn't be, but if we are like two nil down, it doesn't give us any other attacking options off the bench. Mm. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I'm like this, but I like to have attacking options on the bench, even if it's just one or two. And obviously with bro, you go and we don't have that. I suppose Washington possibly would be that, but, um, oh, Sterling, it's going to have to be Sterling. Cause yeah. I, it's going to have to be Sterling. Cause I, I don't think I could put, Jackson back just straight into the team just because of my not my hatred that's a strong word but my dislike to how he's played for us so far this season but I would have to go from Kunku as my my number nine I'd have to agree with that as well mm. that was uh, my it's not going to be the lineup but it's my preferred lineup it'll be the lineup <laughs> it probably <Yeah>. will be <laughs> we will be the lineup I think um, yeah. score lines let's go to score lines in terms of what we think um, I think it was 3-0 last, last year well, we played Wolves, it was 3-0, yeah. Pulisic, yeah. Havertz and Brozier actually got his first Chelsea goal yeah. um, that day. Um, I think it's going to be really a miracle to beat Wolves at home 3-0 this season. Never say um, never. I mean, it should have been, it should be a miracle. I mean, we, this is, this is, I mean, it should be. You're right because of where we are. But I just think in terms of past times, this should not be a yeah. miracle against Wolves. It's harsh realities. Yeah, we would have had one more day to rest as well. That's a good um, point. But I take that into account. Um, I'm going to go two-two. I think one of those games where we're going to look really attacking, but I think we'll concede some, especially if balls play like they did in the second half against United. They'll score more than one, I think. Um, so I'm going to go with two-two. I'm going to go. I'm going to go one-nil Chelsea. I'm going to go one-nil Chelsea. Um, heart, heart tells me 1-0 Chelsea but my head's telling me 1-1 um, I think Wolves 
will want blood after last night's game against United because they actually played really, really well that second half. Um, they fought to the very end. So I, I think they'll be wanting to get that out of their systems as soon as possible. And what better place to do that than Stamford Bridge against Chelsea who are mid-table at the moment. So uh, it could be 1-1, but I'm, I'm hoping it's 1-0 one, one um, to Chelsea. I think Nkunku wants to get that balloon out, doesn't he? I think his last two goals, I'm sure his last two goals have been consolations. If I remember yeah, correctly, so. a, bit, a bit embarrassing if you do it for a consolation yeah, goal, isn't it? You can't do it for a consolation. So I think he wants to, I think he'll score. And I think we have, we have to start with him because um, I know Jackson was trying to get back for the Liverpool game, but I don't think, obviously he didn't get back for that. So I don't know if he's back now or did he get back early this morning? So you you got to think how much time has he had to train with the squad and prepare for the game? Probably not as much as the others. So maybe you bench him, maybe you bring him on during the game to give him some minutes and build him up maybe for the, the replay um, midweek as well. So yeah, difficult one, difficult one to, to kind of assess, but we will know more. Fingers crossed Chilwell as well. Obviously Chilwell isn't injured. Cause, I mean, I'm trying to think. So we literally don't have any other left back, do we? You know, Cucurella injured, Matson out on loan. Although he is back Lewis in the week. He, he's back. He posted yesterday, didn't he, Cucurella, to say that he's... Did he? Yeah, he posed... I mean, he was literally his feet. He didn't really give us any indication he's, he's ready to start kicking a football. But he's back in terms of, I think, his rehabilitation. So it shouldn't be long for him. Yeah. This is Chelsea Football Club in a nutshell. We went from having four left-backs in the summer <laughs> to zero right now. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think we were because at one point we were arguing about you know who do we who do we need to get rid of Lewis Hall and you know but it is literally the Chelsea way you know and we've done it with our strikers and what we've also done is brought too many midfielders now because now we've got midfielders there that we we potentially should have loaned some of them out the ones that we spoke about we've kept them at the club and how much minutes are they actually going to get probably none so yeah it is the Chelsea but way of things yeah. It was an issue we had over that Christmas period, the lack of depth on the bench. So maybe these players returning on loan, um, players coming back from injury will yeah. add a bit more depth. But we did see against Liverpool, the Gusto and Cuckoo, and um, I hate to say the name of Mudrick when they came off the bench. Um, it did add a chicken wecker as well. Mm, um, yeah. Those are the type of players you want to bring off the bench. So yeah, um, hopefully that kind of has an impact on our second half of the season. I'd bring them off the bench if we were 4-0 up. My problem at the moment is they're not, we don't have goals in our midfield. We don't have anyone That's who's... True. We don't, when I say... They are good players. Like, good, like I said, Gusto done really well. Uh, Gallagher has been one of our outstanding players this season, but they don't get enough goals. And you look at other teams, you look at... Again, I hate referencing City or Liverpool, whoever, but you know their midfield, Slobberslai gets goals, Curtis Jones gets goals. McAllister can chip in and make a difference in that midfield. You know, Rodri... All the other players, I don't need to list them all, but you know the players at, at City, they can make a difference. So um, we don't get goals in our midfield and I think that's a massive worry for me. Um, and our strikers, aren't, our wingers, you know, our Sterlings and all the rest aren't doing that for us as well. So we'll have to see. I don't want to moan anymore. I've moaned for the past hour and six, well, seven minutes now, um, pretty much about Chelsea. So um, let us know your thoughts in the comments. Let us know what you think. Don't forget to subscribe to this uh, channel, the, the the YouTube channel, and also make sure you like the video. Go to the Linktree link as well in the description to make sure you go to the audio version and our social accounts. Make sure you follow on there. As Theo said, Sunday, there'll be a lot of match day content um, on our Instagram account as well. So make sure you check that, all of that out. Theo, as always, pleasure. Um, this time next week, it will be 
different surroundings for you, uh, work environments and all the rest of it. So good, yeah. good luck with that. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week. I'm sure midweek or we'll, we'll, we'll do a midweek one if we can, um, with the, uh, Villa game in mind. So have a good weekend and we'll be back soon. <laughs>